Ultimate Guide Podcast, episode 48. Hey, I'm the Boomer Gal, Kaylin Amadio, and this is the Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. And I have a new guest for you today. I want to tell you about Dr. Tammy Nelson. She speaks on the topics of sexuality, intimacy, and communication in relationships. She's an international speaker and is committed to global change by connecting worldwide through one-on-one relationships. So this is a perfect venue for you, Dr. Tammy. In a recent New York Times interview, which was titled First Come Sex Talk with These Renegades of Couples Therapy, uh, Tammy was named as an emerging voice on infidelity, and I'm quoting the article here who encourages couples to write their own monogamy rules. Now, she advises everyone to create an open dialogue about sexuality because, and I'm going to quote her again, if you're not talking about sex, you're perpetuating the idea that couples shouldn't be. And that's just not going to help. So, (laughs) Dr. Tammy, welcome to uh, Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love being here. I'm glad. And And this is right right up your uh, wheelhouse here with your mission, one-on-one conversations. You and I get to have a one-on-one conversation, but the cool thing about podcasts and one of the reasons why I love doing them is then other people get to listen and we end up, um, you know, growing that exponentially over time. So they're really cool medium for doing exactly this. Now I gave everyone a, a little overview about you, but would you be willing to expand on it? Tell us a little bit more about you. And also, um, you can admit or deny if you, too, are a baby boomer. I won't hold it against you either way. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm happy to say that I am in my 50s and very much um, uh, supportive and encouraging of people of all ages to explore their, uh, their sexuality in relationships because... Um, as you know, we only get sexier as we get older. Amen. And <laughs> Amen, sister. Yeah, it's so true. And sex g- gets better. And I'm really emphatically um, against this idea that we hit this wall at menopause and somehow we go over a cliff. I don't know who told us this idea, but, you know, this this resistance to our uh, development as women and in a couple uh, to continue to grow and change as sexual people just because we get older is so not true today. I mean, people have sex well into their 80s, and we can develop as sexual people on all different levels, regardless of our age. So, you know, we're so much younger, so much older today, <laughs> and so much sexier for so much longer. So, I don't think that we have the excuse anymore to say, well, you know, we're in menopause, so it's done, or we've been married for too long, so we don't have sex anymore, or, you know, know, we're not attracted to each other, so we could just stop. There's really no excuse anymore for not being our full erotic selves. So I'm really committed to that idea of helping people. You know, I've noticed there's a commercial on television, and before the interview, um, Dr. Nelson, I realized we live in the same area of the country. There's a commercial that's been on TV lately about this woman... And she, she's like reading a letter and she says, dear sex life, you know, I remember you so fondly and blah, 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 blah. And she's implying that 
but since menopause, she hasn't been able to find you anymore, and she signs it off like sexless in Seattle or something like that. <laughs> and I keep seeing it the last few weeks and going, I'm sure it's for some sort of drug, you know, yeah. or cream or something. Yeah. And I keep thinking, wow, you know, is that true? Is that not true? I mean, you, you mentioned menopause. I, I'm more information than anyone needs to know, but I have, you know, <laughs> gone through menopause, or I guess I'm in menopause. I don't know quite how that works. You know, it seems like it goes on for many years, but I, I don't understand the difference. Maybe my symptoms are different than other people's, other women's, but mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't understand why we're yeah. perpetuating this um, yeah. stereotype, right? Well, I think there's a stereotype that, you know, sexuality is only for the young and yeah. that attractiveness is only in, in a certain category. But there's a difference between um, desire and arousal. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be clear about that, that sex is not just about having a desire to have sex with our partner or other people. And it's not just about feeling aroused in our body. You know, and sex is different for men and women. I think what those commercials are about are about a new drug that just got approved on the market for uh, women's sexuality. Okay. And it's so like a Viagra for women kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's okay. that's, that's how it's being marketed. But the reality is there's a difference between male and female sexuality. And male sexuality is such that they can take a Viagra or a Levitra or a Cialis and it drives the blood flow to the extremities and they can get aroused. Regardless of whether they have desire for sex, they can actually perform. But right. women's sexuality isn't like that. We can take Viagra and we can drive our blood flow to our extremities. And we could probably have an orgasm more easily because of the engorgement. Mm -hmm. But that's different than desire. Desire starts in our head. And actually for women, arousal starts before desire. So we have to actually be physically aroused before we feel desire. Men can feel desire and then get aroused. So we have a different cycle. Right. Right. So my book, Getting the Sex You Want, talks about how to, to work together with a partner to increase the desire and the arousal to have a more erotic sex life, to increase your passion, to decrease your inhibitions, to increase the trust, to actually have the sex life that you've always wanted, to talk about your fantasies, to actually work through all those inhibitors like resentment, <laughs> boredom, you know, the things that really hold you back. It's not the drying out of your vagina or the hot flashes or the things that happen later in life or the body image issues. It's mostly the stuff that happens in your head, the relationship, the resentment that's in the middle of the right. bed that's so hard to climb over. Right. You know, and you're bringing me back to the top. I kind of got off track with, with that train of thought and, and seeing that commercial that, that didn't quite make sense to me. But what what you and I were really going to talk about today is is a different kind of problem. You were talking about that uh, either physical pillow between them, you know, in the bed to, to separate their two sides or, or the the metaphoric, you know, pillow that, that's between them. But clearly in relationships, you know, married and or otherwise, um, monogamy is not always uh, kept to. Right. So someone strays or they both stray and there are tensions that happen. And what you and I were going to talk about today is maybe redefining your relationship after an affair has happened. And maybe those people want to stay together or maybe they shouldn't stay together. I don't know what, what your approach is. 
But that's really the subject matter for today. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect segue. I really do, because we want to stay erotic and charged sexually and because it's a natural urge that eros energy is the life force it's passion it's aliveness and everybody wants it regardless of their age so if you're not feeling it in your relationship and if you're not able to climb over that hill between you or if you know you're not feeling desire you're not getting aroused because you're feeling shut down then the natural inclination is to seek outside of the relationship, to push that erotic energy outside of your partnership, whether it's on the computer, whether it's in porn, whether it's in an affair. I mean, that's the natural place it's going to go because it doesn't just disappear. Okay. And regardless of your age, it's got to go somewhere. It's either in your relationship or it's outside of your relationship. Okay. So regardless of your monogamy agreement, you're either going to agree to change your monogamy to somehow um, increase that erotic energy in your relationship or you're going to break your monogamy agreement and betray each other when one or both of you goes outside of your marriage or your committed partnership. Right, now, right. the question that you're asking is, well, if that happens, then what? Can you heal your relationship or can you move past it? Can you go forward? What do you do afterwards? Right. And regardless of the length of your marriage or how old you are, I, I think a lot of the research has um, been somewhat misleading. And up until now, most of the books and the articles and the stuff you read online has always said, you know, the goal is forgiveness. Forgive your partner if you want to stay together and move on. Well, if you've ever been betrayed or been the betrayer, you know that that doesn't really work. Forgiveness is about sort of a power struggle. If you've been cheated on and your partner says, well, I'm sorry, then suddenly it's up to you to forgive them. And I got to tell you, on certain days when you're feeling a little bit of the power imbalance, you're going to say, well, wait a minute, you got to have the affair. Now I have to give you the forgiveness. What do I get? I get nothing. So I'm going to take it back today. So forgiveness is really a power struggle and it will happen eventually organically. But it happens when there's empathy on both sides for why did this happen to us. The real goal after an affair is erotic recovery. So unless you move forward past the forgiveness stuff to erotic recovery and figure out how do we heal our relationship erotically and work something out to bring that erotic energy back into the relationship, you can't move past an affair. Because an affair is really an erotic injury. Right, you're not looking for someone who can clean the house better, or you know, or like right. you know, build yeah, a better it's a different, bookcase. It's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. You're 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 injuring someone in that eros energy. There's right. two parts of a marriage. There's companionship and eroticism, and you're cheating and injuring, betraying that erotic part of the relationship. So you got to heal in that erotic place. Does that okay. make sense? It, it does make sense. Yeah. So. Let, let me bring us back on track to the kinds of questions that I like to ask for this particular podcast because, you know, I focus on the over 50 crowd. That's sort of my, my platform here for Boomer's sure. Ultimate Guide podcast. So I assume that you work with all different kinds of people in, in age and, and relationships, all different kinds of relationships. Do you find that in, in dealing with this particular subject that boomers are different in how they approach either fixing it or not fixing it versus any other age group? 
Well, interestingly, you know, I found that people over 50, over 55, two things happen. One, they've been married for a long time, and they either get to a point where they decide that an affair is a can opener. In other words, it's a, a way to get out of their marriage. They've been married for 10, 20, 30 years, and they've decided it's time to complete the marriage. This is a sign, and one of them didn't know how to complete it, so they cheated and sort of used that as the explosion that's going to end okay. the marriage. Okay. Or number two, some people are in their second marriage <laughs> already, and they're using this as a way to wake up and say, you know what, this is not really what we planned. This was not in the vision of where we were going. So maybe it's a way to reevaluate what's really important to us. And this happens in first marriages as well. And so, you know, there's several phases here. When you first discover an affair, there's a crisis, regardless mm -hmm. of the age. And then the second phase is kind of the insight phase. Like, okay, wh what just happened and how did we get here? And is this the way we want to spend the rest of our lives going forward? Or is this a sign that we have to reevaluate how we're living? And the third phase is creating a vision of your life going forward. For many people who are a little bit older, more mature, you know, it's more important to think about, well, is this the plan that I had for my life? What is really important? Is it sex with other people? Is it relationships with other people? Is it honesty? You know, that's really the three parts that come up that get triggered when someone cheats. You had sex with someone else, you had a relationship with someone else, and you were dishonest with me. So of those three things, what is, are the most crucial things in our relationship that we need to work on or that have been um, uh, betrayed in our relationship? So when you're older, sometimes those things change. When you're younger, it might have been, oh my God, you had sex with someone else. When you're a little older, it might be more about, look, I don't care about the sex. I care more about the honesty and the integrity of our marriage. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And just out of curiosity, do you find that age plays a role in whether or not people are willing to fix this problem and stay together versus, you know, calling it quits? Because I, I know when when people are young, they often say, oh, that's a deal breaker. You cheat on me. I'm done. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But you see as people get older that they tolerate big issues mm -hmm. much more. Well, it's sort of a bell curve, actually. When you're younger, um, there's, uh, it, it's easier to think, well, I'll just find someone else. I'll trade you in for someone else. So mm -hmm. they dismiss it. They break up. When you're in the middle age years, you tend to have young children mm -hmm. and you feel trapped. So they don't break up. Okay. Um, they tend to try to work it out and stay together. And then when you're a little older, you're more independent, particularly for women. Mm -hmm. We have our own money. We've been through too much stuff. We can buy our own house. We don't need the crap. <laughs> if we feel betrayed, we'll right. leave. Right. Um, however, we also feel like, you know, we've been through our own marriages perhaps before. We've been through so much of our own lives, both men and women, that we have better communication skills. We can negotiate better. We can understand more. We have more insight. We can talk more about what actually happened and perhaps create a new monogamy going forward using this information, like figuring out what happened. Okay. Interesting. I was just curious. Um, 
So, that was a great question, actually. Thank you. Thank you. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> um, so what are the biggest challenges or concerns that you see boomers facing when they suddenly have to figure out how to redefine this monogamy that, that they thought they were living in, you know, or that has changed this relationship that's changed? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest challenge is not listening to their friends and family <laughs> because everyone has great advice, especially in the beginning. About everything, not just this topic, but everything. Yeah, yeah. but people okay. love to judge and if they haven't been through it themselves or especially if they have been through it themselves to be able to say, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, you should leave. And frankly, I tell people, don't ever make a decision when you're still in the crisis of okay. disclosure or discovery. Wait. Because once the fallout happens and the dust settles, you may feel totally differently. And so you might not even want to tell all your friends and family. Go to a therapist, find a couples counselor, discuss it amongst yourselves, you know, and your really close people, mm-hmm. your close circle. Mm-hmm. Because it's very rare that an affair is about a victim and a perpetrator. It's never just a good guy and a bad guy. There's always a bigger story and more to the history than there first appears. Okay. Okay. So, so if a if, couple who is listening to this is, is recognizing themselves among okay. these stories, right? What are the top three tips you would give them towards moving this issue to some sort of resolution? Yeah. Um, that's a good question too. Number one, it's not about learning to trust the person that cheated. It's about, uh, learning to trust your own intuition again. So as much as you try to get the other person to jump through all kinds of hoops and turn over their password and blah, blah, blah. It's really that you're angry at yourself because you didn't trust your intuition. Maybe it told you the truth, but you, you know, you did try not, not to know. Yeah, you ignored it. Okay. You're more mad at yourself than mad at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you don't have to go through this by yourself. It's better to see a therapist who specializes in this area, who won't take sides, who can help you process this, these three phases. Mm-hmm. And um, number three, your marriage is over when someone cheats. That's the bad news mm-hmm. because this was not in your monogamy agreement. The good news is you can start another marriage going forward with the same person. We have many marriages within the lifetime of our marriage. Yeah. And you can have them all with the same person. You know, the, when the kids are little, when the kids grow up, when they leave the house, when they come back to the house. Right. You know, those are many marriages within yeah. the same marriage. This has to be a new marriage going forward. So you have to grieve the vision that you had of the marriage that you thought you were going to have. This was not how you thought it was going to turn out. But it's okay. You can grieve this one and start a new one going forward. But you both have to talk about what that's going to look like and what you each want in this new marriage going forward. Right. Create some sort of agreement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell somebody to do today? They're they're inspired now. They realize I'm ready to tackle this or maybe my intuition has been telling me something. I've been ignoring it. What would you tell them to do today? What's step one? Step one is to talk to your partner, and the way that you do it is to say, you know what, the story I'm making up right now is, because mm-hmm. it's That's a different. great way to put it, too. It's different than accusing your partner of something, right. and we all have a story. Mm-hmm. 
there's many stories in the room yeah. <laughs> about the stories that we make up. Yeah, the that's why police say 10 people can see the same event and they get 10 different stories from the eyewitnesses Absolutely. because we all interpret the events in front of us differently based on the filters that we have from our life. And we're each in different marriages, even married to the same person. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so tell, the, tell your partner the story I'm making up is and check out what they're making up and see if you can have a conversation about that. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's a whole nother issue that we could probably talk about at another time, you know, having the, I guess the, you know, the trust or the comfort level to be able to do that with your partner. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I imagine sometimes in these situations, communication has come to the point that it, it's really non-existent. Yeah. So how do you, how yeah. do you even bring that conversation up if you're not really talking to each other about anything important anymore. Yeah. Well, if your listeners want to uh, email me, I'll send them a free downloadable uh, dialogue that they can use with their partner that will help them talk about some of these monogamy questions. And so it's a, it's a little bit of an excerpt from my book, The New Monogamy. And the new monogamy is a longer version of how to redefine your relationship after infidelity. Mm -hmm. But I have an excerpt, which is a, a downloadable document that they can actually sit with and sit down together and use to have a conversation. So if your listeners want to email me at Tammy at DrTammyNelson.com and say they heard me on your Boomer podcast, then I'll send that to them for free. Oh, that is very nice. Because that was my next question. How should people get in touch with you? So you just heard Dr. Tammy say that her, her website is uh, doctor. So it's D-R, right? Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N dot com. Dr. Tammy Nelson dot com. Um, and your email was uh, Tammy mm -hmm. at Dr. Tammy Nelson dot com. So, right. and remember when you, when you listen to this podcast, if you're not able to write that down, you can always come back. Uh, to boomersultimateguidepodcast.com. Look up Dr. Tammy. Look up relationships. You'll be able to find this particular interview tagged in various ways um, so that you can find the particular page and look up these links because we always include them for you at the bottom of the article so you don't have to write it down right now if you're not able to. So before I let you go, Dr. Tammy, do you have an inspirational quote or a story of some sort you'd like to leave us with? Um, well, I, I really like the idea that um, you can start your relationship over any time you want. And to remind people that you will always get more of what you appreciate. Mm. So I don't really believe in affair prevention, but I do believe that the one thing that can change your relationship today is to tell your partner something you appreciate about them. You know, we're so quick to point out what's not working. <laughs> And we always forget to tell them what is working. Right. So to go home and tell your partner one thing you really appreciate about them today, it can change everything. I've seen it. Right. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'll tell you right now, it's the one thing that changes everything. I can imagine. And, and in case you don't believe that, put yourself on the opposite side of that. What if your significant other or one of your children right, came to you and told you something that they really appreciated? about you today. Imagine how, how it would make you feel. I get emotional just thinking about, you know, the, the thought of that happening. So if you <laughs> do that for someone else, 
imagine how it can really change mm-hmm. their perception of themselves, their perception of you and the two of you within this relationship that you've built together. I, I can see how it could, it could yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah. That's, that's, that's inspiring right yeah. there. Little did I know I was going to get such a wonderful golden nugget. So thank you very much, Dr. Thank Tammy you. Nelson. You can find your Dr. Tammy Nelson dot com or you can email her for that freebie at tammy at dr tammy nelson.com remember we'll include the uh, links and uh every tuesday afternoon i will remind you at 2 p.m eastern i have to think sometimes about that 2 p.m eastern we release a new episode for you here on boomers ultimate guide podcast or you can always take the shortcut the bug podcast i get tired of typing the whole thing out sometimes <laughs> so i do have shortcuts out there in the infinite virtual world of the internet and uh until next time dr tammy and i would both like you to take care thank you bye-bye boom baby that's it for now see you next time on boomers ultimate guide podcast